Hey, it's the Buckeye Blitz. I'm Tito Jeff Fedoff. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Got a lot to get into. I want to tell you first that we are presented by BetUS.com. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for 125% bonus using crypto. Uh, DSP200 gets you a 2% bonus. I'm sorry, 125 using promo code DSP125. 2% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200. That's how it works. Uh, you can bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Uh, let's first, I want to talk about the CFPs. Uh, the college football playoff rankings came out. And um, Ohio State, I'm not really surprised where Ohio State ended up. They were second right now in this first wave of the rankings. Tennessee was first, uh, followed by Ohio State, and then Georgia. Um, Clemson came in at four. That surprised me a little bit, but it, it doesn't matter too much. There's not much of a reason to really get uptight at all or upset about what the rankings look like after week one. Uh, fifth was Michigan, sixth Alabama, with one loss ahead of undefeated TCU. Oregon, USC, LSU round out the top 10. Also, other Big Ten teams involved in this. Penn State's 15th, Illinois 16. They did the uh, top 25 for that. So um, <clears throat> where you're at in the first ranking doesn't matter too much. A lot of things are going to change, especially even this weekend. This weekend, Tennessee plays Georgia. So you've got the one and the three team facing off already. So that's certainly going to change things right there. Um, Illinois has got to play Michigan still. Ohio State plays Michigan, obviously. Tennessee or Georgia is going to play probably Alabama in the SEC championship game. Lots of ways, lots of reasons for things to change here. So as long as Ohio State's in the top four, and really it doesn't matter at the end of the season, as long as in the top four, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if they're one, two, three, or four. They're going to have to beat an SEC team to win the championship this year. And maybe two of them, it all plays out. I think Clemson will fall off. Clemson plays at Notre Dame this week. They may end up falling down already on their own. Uh, they have a very weak ACC schedule. I think if um, Clemson is the most likely undefeated team to get bumped down at some point, even if they stay undefeated, I could see Alabama passing them. I could see TCU. Hell, I could see Michigan passing them as well, even if Michigan were to lose to Ohio State in a close game at the end of the season. So lots of things to unpack. It's all done just like the when they do preseason AP rankings and preseason coach rankings. All of this is done with just the idea of getting eyes on TVs and be able to say, hey, this is the number three team against the number one team. Number three team is a huge favorite over number one team this week, by the way, uh, Tennessee and Georgia. Georgia is a um, – they opened up as an 11.5-point favorite over Tennessee that dropped down to eight rather quickly, eight, eight and a half right now. But a number one team, according to the CFP rankings, is an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. Eric Ainge. You might not remember him. He used to play for Tennessee, and uh, he's got his own radio show, uh, sports talk radio show down in Knoxville. And uh, Eric Ainge, he's uh, Danny Ainge's nephew. He played for Tennessee from 04 to 07 and then was drafted by the New York Jets and had a very short career in the NFL. Anyway, he threw a little shade at uh, Georgia, the game being played in Georgia, where they call it uh, in, um, between the hedges is what it's called. And Ainge came out and said on Twitter, playing between the hedges is overrated. Not that loud, definitely not intimidating. It's nothing like playing in Neyland. Vols will be just fine in Athens. So um, that's what he had to say, a little fire on that. We'll see that game's a 3.30 Eastern kickoff time uh, on Saturday on CBS. But uh, we'll know, again, we'll see what happens in that game. It's a huge game, obviously, for Tennessee and a big game for Georgia as they try to reclaim the top spot in the CFP. All right, um, also the leg up then in the division to play possibly likely Alabama in the SEC championship. All right. Ohio State, big win over Penn State, 44-31 to last week. Um, the Buckeyes, look, they trailed in this game 
with less than 10 minutes left, they were down 21-16 and looked like they were in trouble. Scored 28 points from that point on and uh, ended up winning to go to 8-0 and 5-0 on the season. Um, the Buckeyes uh, did not look great for a good chunk of that game. And there's a couple ways to look at it. You can say, well, you know, it's it's a, it's a Ohio State's offense is unimaginative. The play calling. They couldn't run the ball for the second straight week, which is true. They could not run the ball well. Also keep in mind, though, they're playing a tough road environment in the Big Ten. Penn State's not a walkover team. I know Michigan rolled them for over 400 yards rushing the um, last when they played uh, last week. But Penn State's not just some easy team. Penn State was at Michigan when that game happened. This one's in State College. So even with all the issues Ohio State had moving the ball, even the fact they were down, they still ended up getting the getting it done when they had to. And that's really what counts with this Ohio State team. That's what I love about this Ohio State team. I like it that they faced a little bit of adversity. They did not play a crisp game. They struggled. It took their defense to carry them for a while. I know it's hard saying that when you have 31 points saying the defense had to carry them, but the defense did have to carry them for a good chunk of this game. Uh, C.J. Stroud, okay, and a game when Ohio State's offense did not perform well. Uh, you had the injury to Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, outside of his long run, didn't do much. C.J. Stroud was 26 out of 33 for 354 yards and threw a touchdown. So, um, he continues to shine. I love what he's doing. He had uh, three drives in the fourth quarter um, that uh, ended up leading touchdowns. And Marvin Harrison Jr. was 10 for 185. They could not stop Marvin Harrison Jr. And as a fan, I'm watching and thinking, why didn't Ohio State just keep throwing to Marvin Harrison and let him get 20 catches? Because he was open all day over the middle. Uh, Travion Henderson, he finished 78 yards. 41, though, came on one carry on 16 carries for the game. Two touchdowns. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, he had a – depending on how old you are, maybe this will make sense to you. He had a, a Marcus Merrick, Pepper Johnson, Chris Spielman type of game with 15 tackles. Eichenberg had 15 in the game. Ten of them were solos. That doesn't happen in college football very often anymore. That's a big number. But he was overshadowed by JT uh, Tumalolo, who was, had six tackles. Two of them were sacks, three solo tackles. He had two interceptions, a forced fumble. He batted a ball up in the air that ended up in an interception. He played one of the most impressive games I've ever seen an Ohio State defensive player play. Um, also, last two games, the Buckeyes, look, this is what I love about this defense with Jim Knowles. The last two games, Jim Knowles' defense has forced 10 turnovers, 10 in the last two games, six um, against Iowa, four against Penn State. So that's a sign of a great defense, by the way. So Ohio State, yes, not a great game. No doubt about it. Not a great game. A good game, a great win. And now they move on to Evanston. They play Northwestern on Saturday on the road. Northwestern's got one win this year. Um, they are Northwestern's either really good or really bad, and this year they are really bad. The game at Evanston, um, it is the 80th time they've played, and two of the last three times they played have actually been in the Big Ten championship game. That was back in 18 and 20. Ohio State won both of those. But something to keep in mind for this Evanston game now. Uh, they are calling for rain. And there's a wind advisory with gusts up to 55 miles an hour. Ohio State has got to run the ball effectively against Northwestern. They have to be able to do that. It's going to be tough to throw the ball on Saturday in the rain and the wind. Ohio State, by the way, they have scored 20 more points now in 69 straight games. That ties the FBS record for most games in a row, scoring at least 20 points. The last time they played uh, and didn't score 20 points was against Oklahoma. And that was back in 2017 when the Sooners came uh, to Ohio Stadium and won that game. Um, 
Stroud's got a, and I hope he keeps the record going, 20 straight games. Uh, it's a big, it's an Ohio State record with at least one touchdown throw. Northwestern. Okay. I said they've got one win this year. Uh, they've got two quarterbacks they use. Um, they use a kid named Brendan Sullivan, who's gotten some time in. And then they also use Ryan Holinsky, who's a South Carolina transfer. Neither guy is great. I, I don't see that. I, look, I know I said last week I wasn't worried at all about Penn State's offense doing anything against Ohio State's defense. It's going to be tough for either team to throw the ball. Northwestern will have to uh, rely on Evan Hull quite a bit. He's their leading rusher. Um, he's got uh, 579 yards this year on 136 carries. So um, Ohio State should take care of business. I'm not sure if they're going to win by 30, but they're going to have to run the ball. And again, this is one of those things where when I talked about, I love the adversity they had to face against Penn State. I also love the fact they're going into Northwestern, who's a team that should be much better than they are much better than a lot more talent. Pat, Pat Fitzgerald, I know, is uh, the second longest uh, tenured coach of the Big Ten. I think this is his 16th year with Northwestern. Has had a lot of success there. More success than uh, most coaches ever had at Northwestern. Nonetheless, Ohio State should be in control of this game. They're going to be forced to run the ball. And I want to see a game where Ohio State, if the wind and rain hold up like they're supposed to, if that all happens, I'm excited to see how Ohio State does this situation where they can't just fling it all over the field. Northwestern also known for having kind of a thicker shag there on their on their, uh, on their grass there to try to slow team, teams up when they come in. That's all going to be a challenge for Ohio State. What I'm excited about, though, is I think Ohio State still has a, a huge advantage all everywhere in this game. Should be able to win, but I like the fact they're going to have to play a different type of game on offense to do it because at some point this year, Ohio State is also going to be forced to do that. It might be against Michigan in Columbus coming up on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. There might be a game where Ohio State's going to have to really run the ball well in order to have success and get a victory. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Look, we'll talk more. I got Ohio State basketball news to get into. We'll do that on the next one. We're going to recap the game tomorrow. There's so much going on. The Buckeye men's basketball team and women, uh, they both had their exhibition games. They've got big games coming up next week. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at that happens. This has been the Buckeye Blitz. I'm Tito Jeff Thidoff. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs>